Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we thank you, God, for bringing us here tonight. And we pray, Lord, that as we look upon you and we look upon your word, Lord, that your glory would change us, that we would be transformed, Lord, into the image of your Son, Jesus. Amen and amen. We were, Saturday morning, we were just having a little bit of devotion time, and I told the boys to open up their Bibles, and Noah went to my phone, and I said, what are you doing on my phone? He said, well, I'm setting a timer. He likes to time it. But then he said, I want to go to the book of Matthew, and he was in the book of Matthew, and he read a scripture out loud, and he, said, and he said, Dad, what does this mean? I want to just zero in on Matthew 22. It says that the lamp of the body is the eye, and therefore, my tra- the New King James says, um, if your eye is good, the margin reads, if your eye is clear or healthy, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, and again the margin reads evil or unhealthy, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you in darkness, how great is that darkness? And and I was just reminded, and and as we begin to talk about that, we, we talked about the importance of what we behold and what we focus on. And how what we're we're looking at and what has our attention has the ability to affect our heart. And that God says, listen, there's, there's two masters. There's the world system, and in the greater context of Matthew chapter 6 here, they're talking about the worry and the cares of life. And how I many know money is the chief thing that you're to be that you're going to worry about in life? He says, so he says you're either going to focus your attention on the affairs of this life, on money, on worries, on things, or, you're, or, or other things. Are you either going to focus your attention upon God? And the good news is that when we focus our attention upon Jesus, and when we make Him the master of our life. He has the ability to fill our entire being with light. And I was, I've been studying in 2 Corinthians, and I, I just feel like God is saying, I want you to turn to me and behold my glory. Turn to me and see my glory. And as you behold my glory, And as you dwell in the light of my presence, you will be transformed. 
and you will go from glory to glory to glory. Because the Lord is the Spirit. If you want to go there with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 16. Nevertheless, there's a transition here about the veil. And let me just say this. In the Old Covenant, the light of God, um, what could be known about God in His actual presence on the earth was in one location at one time, and it was on Mount Sinai. Right? And Moses, God's prophet, God's man, went up on that mountain, and he interacted with God. And the, the presence of God was on his face. And when he came down from the mountain, his face shone with the glory of God. But something very interesting happened. The Bible says that the children of Israel didn't want to see the glory of God. And God said, don't come near the mountain because if you come near the mountain, you'll, you're, even if a beast comes near the mountain, you're going to die. And they were afraid of God. So when Moses went up on the mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments and he gave him the law, he came down and he shone with the glory. But the Bible says he had to put a veil over his face so that the people could handle it because they couldn't look directly at the glory of God and they didn't want to because God's presence brought fear. God and interacting with God and, and walking with God and experiencing God's presence was an unattainable for the children of Israel. Would you agree with that? It was only for Moses. But the Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 3.15 that a veil was upon their heart even to this day when they read the Old Testament. Watch this. Transition. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So in the new covenant, God says, I don't want you to flee from my presence. I want you to run to my presence. I don't want, I don't want anything in between you and me. I want there to be full access of my light and my presence and my glory getting on you. And the way that it gets on you is when you turn to me and draw close to me. So I want, God says, I want you regularly. Well, here we go. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now watch this. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. But really that word means that it, there is liberty and freedom in His presence. But really, um, what I believe the context is telling us here is there's freedom of access. There's liberty. God's saying, you can come. I want you to come. Because the Lord is the Spirit now. In other words, you don't have to be on Mount Sinai to draw close to God. You don't have to be out in the desert on the mountain where Moses is. Are you with me? When Jesus went to the Father, he released the Holy Spirit onto the earth. And God says, now that my Spirit's on the earth, my glory is available to you. And you can draw close to me, and you can turn to me at any time. And then my presence and the light of my glory will shine down upon you. And that's the way I want you to live. I want you to get used to dwelling in my presence because there is where the transformation happens. And we don't need more religion and more rules. 
We need more transformation. Because when we're transformed into the glory of God, excuse me, when we're transformed by being in his glory and in his presence, when we're transformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, that's when we start to live right. That's when we start to walk right. That's when we, we fulfill the law of God because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, that when you walk by the Spirit, you fulfill the law. In fact, you don't even need a law when you're walking by the Spirit because the Holy Spirit and the nature of Christ is what's guiding your steps. You say, I want that. Me too. So how do we get it? Turn to the Lord and see his glory. You say, I did. I turned to the Lord. I said the prayer. I'm in church on Sunday night. God says, turn again. God says, I want you to turn again. I want you to come to me again. And I want you to get in the habit of turning to me and dwelling in my presence and letting my glory shine down upon you because as my glory and the weight of my presence makes residence with you, you're going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory in your life. It's progressive. It's kind of like a good suntan. This isn't a good metaphor, really. But when you go, <laughs> when my friends and I were in college, we, we, wanted to go, we were going to go down to, to Florida. So we said, you know, if we go down to Florida, and we were down deep there and down in Boca Raton, if we go down to Boca Raton, okay, us Caucasian guys with our pasty white skin, all right, is it okay to say that in church? I'm a Caucasian. Pasty white skin. We're going to go down there and we're going to get burnt. And then our vacation is ruined. So we need to layer this. So we actually, I got a membership, a, a short-term membership at a tanning salon. Here's me and my, you're a big football player. Yeah, we're going into the tanning salon. And I would, I would go in that thing, and they actually close you in on that, and you stand there. I wasn't in a tanning bed. I think we bought the cheap tickets. <laughs> I think some tanning, I think some of them you can lay down. Can you ever been to a tanning salon? I've never been there. They say it causes cancer. And if that's not true, I want to go back because I, I like a nice little golden tan, you know? So I went in there and they closed the doors on you. And you stand there and these bright lights shine on you. And you stand there and they've got a little radio in there for you so you don't get bored. And you stand there for about 15 to 20 minutes and your skin starts to get nice and, um, well, actually yellow with the fake one. <laughs> but God says, I want you to come to the tanning booth. I want you to come and I want you to turn and I want you to stand in my presence and behold my glory. Because here's what, here's what happens. Remember, the old covenant... Can't, can't, I can't see that. No, I, I can't deal with that. We've got to have a veil. That scares me. But in the new covenant, God says, I want you to come. And here's what happens. Because why? The Lord is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's on the earth. You can come anytime you want. You can come at lunchtime. We're in lunch break at work. You can come in the morning before you go to work. You can come before you go to bed. You can turn to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, because the Holy Spirit is sent upon the earth, and, he, and we have instant access into the presence of God. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or free. But we all, watch this, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror 
the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. We're beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So as we behold God's presence, it transforms us into the image. You say, wait a minute. If it's a mirror, I'm going to look just like me. Hold on a second. You're not the same you. Because when you've been born of the Spirit of God, the Bible says that Christ dwells in you. And that there is a new man in you. And that that new man was created in true righteousness and true holiness according to the will of God. So when you dwell in God's presence, it's almost as if you're activating the life of God in you and it's causing transformation in everything around you. Your flesh quiets down because the glory is here. Your mind quiets down because the glory is here. It's being activated. The presence of God is here. The new man is rising up. And God says, listen, when you spend time in my presence, when you've been feeling discouraged, you're going to be encouraged. When you spend time in my presence and you're feeling confused, you're going to receive knowledge. When you spend time in my presence and you're feeling ungodly, God says, Jesus will rise up in you because that mirror of his presence sees Christ within you. And God says, I'll stand you up and I'll bring your hands up high and you will praise me and you will give glory to me and you will move from glory to glory. So God says, listen, I want your eye to be single. Serve me. But I want to show you how to serve me in the glory of my presence. Behold me. Turn to see me as in a mirror. Now, the Bible says that this old covenant, it says that God's glory was written, excuse me, was in the face of Moses. Old covenant. Amen? In the new covenant, it's in the face of Jesus Christ. In the old covenant, God's law was written externally upon tablets of stone. In the new covenant, in his presence, God's laws are written upon our hearts by the spirit of the living God. In the old covenant, the Bible said it's the ministry of the letter. And that it kills. In other words, it brings condemnation. The law shows us that we are condemned. Now the law is holy and the law is good. But you and I both know that we have broken the law and are deserving of its consequences. But the Bible says in the new covenant, it's the ministry of the spirit which is, gives life to us. In the old covenant, the Bible says that there was glory. Now how many know if you were there at Mount Sinai on that day? And you saw Moses go up there and come down and his face was shining with the glory of God. 
There was glory there. That was glorious. When he brought those tablets down and he said, see this right here? I don't have a torch up there or a chisel. But the spirit of the living God wrote upon these stones. I mean, that's glorious. That's wow. God is in our midst. But can I tell you that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that this new covenant is more glorious. It's a better covenant. It's more glorious. Why? Because that glory can get inside of us and bring transformation into our lives. The old covenant, and again, I'm, I'm taking my... Um, I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and if you want to read the chapter later, you'll see that everything I'm telling you tonight is in 2 Corinthians 3. The old covenant was a ministry of condemnation. And I covered that a little bit with the law. The, the old covenant condemned. condemned. The new covenant was a, is a ministry of righteousness. So in the new covenant, righteousness is attainable. That means you can be right with God. In the old covenant, righteousness was not attainable. True righteousness. The Bible says, and and just to, to bear this out in Hebrews, the Bible says that we can be cleansed from dead works. In Hebrews chapter 9, the Bible says that the high priest would go into the presence of God. Let's go to, uh, if you want to go with me, you can. Go to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Hebrews 11. The Bible says that the sacrifices were symbolic. Uh, Let's just begin in verse 9. Symbolic for the present time in which gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service Perfect in regard to the conscience. So here's what would happen. The high priest would go and perform the sacrifices in the, well, the the very high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of the Lord once a year, not without blood, for the sacrifice of the people. And the people would participate in the sacrifices. There was a burning of animals and sacrifices brought forth into the temple regularly. But there was one problem. They couldn't cleanse the conscience. In other words, it couldn't get down deep on the inside of somebody where, where they can say, you know what? I'm right with God now. I wonder if we could say that. Can you say that? I am right with God now because of the blood of Jesus. Wow. Perfect. In regard to conscience, it concerned foods and drinks and various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed, watch this, I'm in verse 10, until the time of reformation. So it was foreshadowing a time of reformation where something better was coming. Now here it is. But Christ came as high priest of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, that's what they were doing, those were the sacrifices that were made in the old covenant. 
But with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all. This is a one-time deal. Having obtained eternal redemption. For the blood, if the blood of goats and calves and the ashes of a heifer and the sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more, say much more, shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, here it is, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So this new covenant is a ministry of righteousness where we become right with God inside the conscience the Bible says that the Old Covenant in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is passing away, but that the new remains. They couldn't draw near the mountain, but God is calling us to draw near to Him. God is calling us to turn to Him. Jesus says, or I should say James says in James chapter 4, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, this is written to Christians. Sometimes we need to lament and mourn and weep. You know, Paul, and again, I'm, I'm kind of just living in 2 Corinthians right now. Paul was talking about a man that had challenged his authority. Several men had challenged his authority in the church. And some of them were involved in sin. And he corrected them. And he brought harsh rebuke of what was going on in their life. And then he said something very powerful. He said, godly sorrow produces repentance. So it's okay to lament, and it's okay to mourn, and it's okay to repent as long as it brings us back to God. As long as it brings us back to the feet of Jesus. Pastor was preaching last weekend about Mary. Oh, actually, really, I think he was talking about Martha. And by the way, if you weren't here last Sunday, you need to get that CD. It was about uh, our, the distractions of this life. I needed to hear that. Leave your iPhone and put the CD in. Or, or, or rather, <laughs> maybe you, you have to use your iPhone to, to access the podcast, but try not to click on any other apps while you're listening. I dare you. <laughs> but I was thinking about Mary, whom Jesus honored and Martha, whom Jesus corrected. And the Bible says that Mary, excuse, uh, Jesus had Mary's complete attention. And she was sitting at his feet. And that's where we belong. That's where we belong, at the feet of Jesus. God says, I want you to come and I want you to humble yourself and I want you to bow down and come before my throne of grace to receive help. 
at the throne. We're supposed to come before Jesus and we're supposed to bow down and we're supposed to worship him and we're supposed to make this a regular practice where we come before God and we say, God, I worship you and God, I need you and God, this is my place before your throne. This is my place, Lord Jesus, at your feet because I need to hear your voice, Lord, because I need your grace, Lord, because I need your presence, Lord. I'm gonna give you my complete attention because I want to be in your presence, Lord, and I wanna hear everything that you have to say to me and because everything you have to say to me is so important I'm going to leave some of the other things aside I'm going to say no to some of those distractions and I'm going to come and I'm going to listen thank you Lord I'm going to come and I'll come first full circle I'll close in, in 2 Corinthians I'm going to come and I'm going to turn to the Lord And I'm going to behold with an unveiled face the glory of God. And I'm going to come, Lord, and I want to be transformed. I want you to change my heart, Lord. Lord, I've received to a certain degree, and I've experienced to a certain degree a portion of your presence and your glory. But God, I want to go from glory to the next glory. God, I want to see a greater glory. Lord, I've received you in my life and I've seen you move in my life, but God, I want to see you move again in my life. I want to come up to the next level of glory, God, because I'm not quite satisfied yet, Lord, and there's a longing in my heart that knows that there needs to be more transformation, that you're not done working in my character yet, Lord, that you're not done working in my life, Lord, and that in your presence that there's fullness of joy. And I'll just close with this last thought. There's a deception about what can satisfy and make us happy. And I saw this with the Macedonian church in 2 Corinthians. Paul was trying to get the Corinthians. And if you study this out, um, I don't want to get too much into it, but the Corinthian church had started an offering that they were going to give to the poor church at Jerusalem. And they had the resources to do it. They had some supplies that could help this poverty-stricken, persecuted church in Jerusalem. He said, listen, Corinthians, you set your heart and you set your mind to do this a while back. Can you, by the grace of God, he put it in your heart, but let's bring it to completion. And he says, listen, you know those Macedonians and there was a little bit of rivalry there, okay? Kind of like the New York Giants and the New York Jets. You know, there was a little bit of rivalry there. And he says, you know, those Macedonian Christians out of their poverty, have given a great offering. And and they did it with joy. (laughs) And in poverty, they wanted to get in on what God was doing. They knew that it would bring them joy. They said, you know what, listen, we don't have a lot of money, so let's give away what we have anyway. (laughs) It's going to bring us great joy. Those Macedonian Christians were giving more out of the little that they had by the grace of God than the Corinthians were giving out of the abundance that they had. And Paul said, listen, these guys, listen, I don't, not comparing. How many know the Bible says it's not, it's not good to compare? Say it's not good to compare. And 
he wasn't necessarily pitting them against one another. But the Bible says that with great joy, these Macedonian Christians wanted to give to this church in Jerusalem. And he was encouraging the Corinthians. And this is where the joy is, where we give. And I'm not, trying, not just talking about money. But money's a part. We give. We give. We come into God's presence. And he, he puts things into our heart by his grace. And he says, listen, it's only my grace that can cause you to want to give anyway. There's a joy there in his presence. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your grace. I don't want to go too far with that. Thank you, Father, for your grace in your presence, for the transformation, moving us from glory to glory. As we turn to you, Lord, as we draw close to you, God, thank you that the door is open, Lord, in this new covenant by the Holy Spirit that's here upon the earth. And we praise you for it. Lord, give us the strength to come boldly before your throne, to turn to you, God, more and more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.